The year 1953, a plane touches down at Smithy's Airport in Sydney. On board is an American named Lee Gordon. The Australian music scene will never be the same again. From then until now, these are the stories. Hey there, this is Josh Hersom and you're listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. This episode is on the Bee Gees and their song, Speaks and Specs. Our special guest in this episode is the legendary Cold Joy and the drummer from Dig Richards and the RJs, Leon Isaacson. We've got some great Bee Gees stories to share with you, as both Cole and Leon spent plenty of time with the Gibb brothers. In fact, Cold Joy holds the distinction of being the man who first discovered the Bee Gees. And as they say in the classics, the rest is history. The sun in my life, it is dead, it is dead. Where is the light that would play in my streets? And where are the friends I could meet, I could meet? Where are the girls that left far behind? The speaks and the specs of the girls of my mind. The Gibb family immigrated to Australia from the UK in 1958. The family consisted of parents, Barbara and Hugh, daughter Leslie, who was the oldest, along with 12-year-old Barry and 9-year-old twins, Robin and Morris. Rounding out the family was a 6-month-old baby boy named Andy. Here's some information on Spicks and Specs. The song was written by Barry Gibb and it was recorded in Sydney in July 1966. The recording lineup consisted of Barry on lead and backing vocals, Morris on guitar, piano and bass, and Robin contributed backing vocals. The drummer was Russell Barnsley and trumpeter Jeff Grant was also part of the session. The producer was Nat Kipner and he also brought in his son Steve to add backing vocals. Steve Kipner would later go on to achieve international fame as a songwriter, churning out masses of huge hits such as Physical for Olivia Newton-John and also Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Another of his worldwide chart toppers was These Words by Natasha Benningsfield. So when you think about it, there were some pretty influential songwriters present in the studio that day. 
The Bee Gees hadn't had much chart success prior to the release of Spicks and Specks. When it was released in September 1966, the song reached number 4 on the national charts, although it did reach number 1 in both Sydney and Brisbane. The record was the Bee Gees' 12th single to be released, and it was their first real commercial success. However, they were far from unknowns as they were regulars on the biggest TV shows of the day, like Bandstand and Six O'Clock Rock. They were also popular on the live music scene, especially in Sydney, where several of their earlier singles had already charted. When Spicks and Specs was released internationally in 1967, it reached number one in New Zealand, number three in the Netherlands, and it also went to number 28 in Germany. The Bee Gees didn't make a fortune out of the sales from Spicks and Specs, although they soon made up for it. In all, the Bee Gees have sold over 220 million singles, albums, videos and DVDs around the world, and they went on to become one of the most successful recording acts of all time. Another milestone they achieved came when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. Okay, that's enough of me. Here's Australian music legend, Cole Joy. Uh, later on, I bought another uh, recorder called a, uh, a Roller Recorder, and it ran at 15 inches a second, which was pretty flash, and uh, so we could record the backings, and then we could overdub the vocals over. And I used to leave that at Festival Records, and that was used by O'Keefe and Dig Richards and Nolene Batley and you know, anybody who come through. But when I went on tour, I, w- I took it with me. And a couple of occasions was one in Moree, which I recorded Judy Stone with Jimmy Little playing. Uh, I think I played bass badly and Jimmy played guitar. And Judy sang, um, uh, my shoes keep walking back to you. And I took the thing down to the festival. I said, you've got to record this girl. She's, she's better than good. And of course, Judy got onto festival records. And the same thing happened was um, at a party one night. Well, late, one early, one morning, actually, I heard these three kids sing, and I said, wow, I've never heard anything like that. The harmonies where the first would go to the third, and the, and the third would go to the fifth, and they just did it normally, and these were 12 and 14 years old. So I said, tomorrow, come down to where I'm working, because it was on the Gold Coast, and um, we'll record some songs. So we did four songs. And I've still got the tape somewhere, I'll find it one day, and, uh, where he said, my name is Barry Gibb and I live at 26 Cambridge Avenue, Surfers Paradise, and our first song is Let Me Love You, and they sang four songs, and I took those to festival, and um, eventually got a recording contract down here, put them on the, uh, the Chubby Checker show at the stadium, and um, of course the whole family then moved down to Sydney, and that was Huey and Barbara, that was the mum and dad, and there was Barry, Robin and Morris, and their, their sister... Um, she was there, and little brother Andy. So uh, that was the BGs, and they stayed at my house, I don't know, 12 months or something before they uh, really got on their feet. And our company managed them. They worked very hard. They'd do 16 shows a week. Awesome Aussie songs will soon feature a song from pioneer Australian rockers Dig Richards and the RJs. We were lucky enough to speak with the RJs drummer Leon Isaacson. Leon is one of the true characters of the local music industry. Aside from being a lifelong musician, Leon also co-authored the fantastic book Behind the Rock and Beyond. The book's a great read about the first days of rock and roll in Australia. Anyway, out of our chat with Leon came this great story he told us about hanging around with the Gibb brothers. I feel like like we could if if we could just grab a, a decent song. I mean, you know, uh, something that suited us. We we needed a, a good rock song. I, I remember Lonnie said, "Oh, look, come over and see Barry Gibb." He said he, he writes about 100 songs a week. 
and that they were good mates, and and we we'd worked with them before, you know. But they were they were only sort of kids. I tried to get them on at the Manly Pacific, but Robin and Morris were only about fourteen or something, you know. They weren't allowed in the joint. Um, anyway, they were really interested in my home movies, and they wanted to check them out. So we went over. I went over with Lonnie and John to their place. I think they had a little house in Lakemba. So the twins were looking at all the movies and, and saying, you know, and I'm showing them how to do stop motion and all that. And in the meantime, Lonnie's saying, look, have you got a song there for the band? Because at the, at the time, we, we were more famous than the Big Cheese, I suppose. And so, you know, so Barry gave me a big reel-to-reel tape that had about 100 songs on it, and I knew he went crazy. But when we were there, you know, he's playing me these songs. It's only words and words. And I go, no, that's no good. You know, we need a good rock song. You know, and the lights all went out in mass. No, no, that's no good. He said, well, he got frustrated. He said, well, tell me something, song off the top 40 that you like, and I'll write a song just like it. So we looked at it, and we went, well, Glad all over now. There's a good yeah feeling. I'm glad all over. He said, "All right." So he he went off in another room and started writing the song because he he churned it out in about you know, twenty minutes or whatever. And I'm off with um, Robin and Morris. Suddenly he comes back and he said, "Well, what about this one?" And he starts playing this thing that sounded like Glad all over and. And the twins were jumping in, doing harmonies, instant harmonies. We said, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good." And then we forgot about it. You know, we just went home and then we got a gig somewhere else and we had to go to Coomer or something. And So you probably hit, knocked back a couple of million sellers that day. <laughs> yeah, I, I could really pick a hit, you know. <laughs> I could really pick a hit. I remember Johnny O'Keefe said, we were at his place at Castle Crag and he said, now have a listen to this, Leon. And he's going, gee, where's my ring? And he, he, I said, oh, it's not much of a rock and roll song, John. He said, yeah, you sound like bloody Mario Lanza or something. He said, "Oh no, no, it'll be all right." You know, and we went, "Oh yeah." I played a bit on that session, and that was before they they bring in all, all the they used to do it in layers, and and uh, and that turned out to be a really big hit for oh, him. It's a beautiful song, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's lucky nobody ever listened to me about songs. <laughs> you know, I'd say, "Oh, that's 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 horrible." You know, no, that's no good. Not good enough for us. We need a good rock and roll song. Yeah, sure, Leon. Leon's band, the RJs, renamed themselves the Rajas, and overnight they became huge stars. For a brief moment, they became known as the Australian Beatles, a tag Barry wanted for the Bee Gees. Oh, I know, I know, I know, because we did a few uh, TV shows, and uh, you know, uh, with Jock and uh, and Barry and the boys were there. And he said, "What's this about you guys being Australia's Beatles?" He said, "We were singing yeah, yeah, yeah long before you and the and the Beatles. We should be Australia's Beatles." And uh, if he if he thinks about it, thank God he uh, he didn't get stuck with it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And do you have to pinch yourself sometimes to see that they become one of the the greatest selling acts of all time? Yeah, it's just un, un- unbelievable. Oh man, it's not like we always thought. You know, they're pretty talented. They were, and Barry could just churn out the songs. But we we had a we had a contract with festival and, and the Bee Gees had a contract with festival and then come up to about 66 I think it was their contracts wasn't they, they weren't renewed you know like we got the sack yeah festival they sucked you both yeah, yeah, the yeah, they, day, yeah they, they couldn't do anything with the Bee Gees couldn't do anything with the Rajas so the Bee Gees gave up in disgust and and, uh, and went to England and uh, da da 
Okay, that's enough of the talk. Here's Spicks and Specs by the Bee Gees. Where is the sun that shone on my head? The sun in my life, it is dead, it is dead. Where is the light that would play? In my streets And where are the friends I could meet I could meet Where are the girls Left far behind The spits and the spits Of the girls Of my mind Where is the sun on my head The sun in my life It is dead It is dead Where are the girls That I Far behind The sticks and the sticks Of the girls The girl that I love, she is gone, she is gone. All of my life, I call yesterday. The spits and the spits of my life gone away. Thanks for listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. Thanks to Cole and Leon for your time, and thanks to the Bee Gees for the music. Hi, this is Molly. You've just listened to a podcast brought to you by Marcos Promotions, written and produced by my dad, Sheldon the Kangaroo Kip. And presented by Josh Urson. This is Molly Kidd saying to my good friend, Holly Kirsten, Hit it, girl!
it's such a 